Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360, a multidisciplinary medical information network. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, pre-exposure prophylaxis reduces the risk of getting HIV from sex by about 99% and reduces the risk of getting HIV from injection drug use by at least 74%. Jessica Rodriguez is here to speak with us today about her presentations at the International AIDS Conference 2022 during a session titled Prepping for 2030, Why Optimization and Scale-Up of the PrEP Service and Product Mix is Critical to Addressing Unmet PrEP Need and Supporting Effective Use Toward 2030 HIV Prevention Goals. Jessica is the Director of Product Introduction and Access at AVAC. Thank you for joining us today. To start, can you please provide an overview of your presentation titled Scaling PrEP What's the secret sauce? The presentation on PrEP consisted of an analysis of the drivers behind the recent dramatic surge in PrEP uptake and what factors seem to contribute to PrEP scale up, as well as a deeper dive into a few country examples. By the end of June 2022, global uptake of oral PrEP had reached nearly 3 million people. And this is an exciting milestone, yet it took 10 years after U.S. FDA approval to see this growth and eight years after WHO recommended it as a prevention option. And it still is far from the UNA's target of reaching 10 million people on PrEP by 2025. What is interesting is that most of this growth occurred in the last two years alone. There were 1 million initiations in 2021 and another 800,000 initiations in 2022, counting for about half of all initiations in the past five years. And 80% of these initiations were in Sub-Saharan Africa. About three quarters of these initiations were in six countries. And three of these countries, Zambia, Nigeria, and Uganda, benefited largely um, from PEPFAR support um, for oral PrEP. What would you say are some of the barriers to access of PrEP? Barriers to access of PrEP surely varies by context, but generally what we see is that there is still really unacceptable low levels of awareness and knowledge about HIV prevention in general and about PrEP specifically. So engaging and educating communities is critical. When we look at contraception as a parallel, parallel, we see that word of mouth really helps people to understand services and even maybe arrive at a choice before arriving at a health facility because they've received information through uh, community health workers, through community leaders, through peers, through family members. And this lower level of awareness can lead to stigma, which is another barrier. So investing in asset framing and empower powering messages that focus on pleasure and providing more peace of mind is really key. So not emphasizing avoiding risk, but emphasizing um, empowerment and how HIV prevention and how these different methods might fit into someone's lifestyle. Third, up until recently, PrEP was predominantly available in HIV or STI clinics, though this is changing, which is quite encouraging. And so PrEP now is more widely available in women's clinics, for example, in the U.S., in family planning settings in in other countries, um, and in primary health care. And that offers an opportunity to train 
more providers in PrEP and encourage providers to begin with discussing relationships and sexual health with clients and not starting with risk assessments or over overstressing risk. And lastly, I would say structural barriers, employment and housing insecurity and transportation costs also continue to impede access. One of your presentations in this session was titled Scaling Prep, What's the Secret Sauce? So what would you say is the secret sauce to scaling prep? It's always hard to say what are the specific or exact ingredients and, you know, everyone might have a different recipe and of course it's, it's context specific. The, what we've seen looking across many different countries is that the combination of ambitious targets with earmarked funding really mirrored significant increases in PrEP uptake. So for example, in countries that receive PEPFAR support, about 21 countries, um, there was analysis that showed that in the year that PEPFAR earmarked and had a dedicated budget code for PrEP, um, there was the highest increase in the number of PrEP initiations. So there certainly is a relationship between funding and, and of course, reaching more people. So there's a sense that there is untapped demand for PrEP and that it's really about supporting programs um, and health systems to, to deliver PrEP more effectively. I'd say the second one is early adoption. So as so countries that adopted PrEP soon after WHO guidelines were released still remain ahead of the curve. And so early adoption as soon as regulatory approval is available and guidelines are updated. And lastly, simplified demedicalized delivery that goes beyond the health facility. So telehealth, multi-month dispensing of PrEP prescriptions and peer-led services um, in countries like Vietnam, Thailand, um, Kenya really have shown to go hand in hand with increases in PrEP access. So we talked about the barriers and we talked about the secret sauce. Can we put it kind of all together? And how do communities really overcome these barriers to be able to access uh, or execute rather the secret sauce, if you will? I think there are multiple ways to overcome these barriers. The first is advocating for generic access so that new PrEP products are affordable to advocate for funding for PrEP, whether regardless of who the payer is, whether it's governments or insurance companies or donors like PEPFAR and the Global Fund, to make significant investments in new products like Cabotegravir for PrEP and the Tepervering Ring. And particularly in the U.S., I would say we're, we're hearing that some PrEP users are reporting that insurance companies are requiring a person to fail on oral PrEP before they can start CAB for PrEP. So I think it's about advocating for choice and demanding that an array of options are offered instead of using sort of a hierarchical approach uh, because people might switch depending on their needs and depending on their circumstances. I think now is the time to demand a seat at the table to influence national guideline adoption, particularly for uh, low and middle income countries. The WHO guidelines were released at age 2022, and I, now is the time to translate that into national guidelines. And lastly, providing direct funding and resources to community-based organizations who are really at the front lines of providing HIV prevention access and accelerating access to create awareness, to design implementation studies, and to deliver services. What would you say are the overall take-home messages from our conversation today? It is an exciting time for HIV prevention with more options 
becoming available shortly. And we need to be able to convert those options into real choices for people. And providers have an instrumental role to play to engage and share decision-making to explore what methods work for their clients. And these, these decisions might change over time. And, and being cognizant of that and really respecting clients' choices and preferences. Second, significant investment in community mobilization and demand creation for HIV prevention in general, um, not necessarily specific products, but really just creating more awareness and acceptance. It's not a nice to have, but it is foundational to prep scale up. I would say moving towards choice, not only among the products that are available, but also where you can access new prevention options. So not only choice in products, but also in delivery models. And lastly, I'd conclude with saying now is the time to build on the gains and prep uptake and access and learn from the lessons, the successes, the mistakes of oral prep rollout to deliver uh, new exciting products like CAB and the Depriving Ring. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, thank you. I think I covered it. Thank you.